Hello and welcome to the 361 Degrees Podcast Season 5, Episode 3. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Hot Rockin' Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. And I'm Rafe from the All About Sites. Without a nickname. No nickname for you. I, d- I didn't realise we were having nicknames. Well. I just thought we should spice it up a bit. Okay. I tried to spice it up in episode one by making references to the Daft Punk songs several times, but you all look blank, so we... Well, I, I didn't know back. what you were talking I, I about. I don't know who Daft Punk is anyway. Uh, we drove by Blanford, by the way. Uh, so did I the other day. In Wiltshire. I was, uh, I was visiting and I took a picture of myself with my front-facing camera of me underneath a Blanford road sign. Did you know Blanford came with a front-facing camera now? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, this week we are talking about, actually prompted by comments from the listeners. So thank you, both of you. We we appreciate your comments. All of you. All of you. uh, All all both of you. um, About uh, the the third and fourth ecosystems. So indisputably, Android and iOS are the two big ecosystems now. Um, and uh, much as much as Rafe is still attached to Symbian, I think even he has to admit it, it's not one of the two biggies now. Um, I think that's probably a fair comment. Plenty of Symbian devices out there, but given that Nokia have have, uh, just a few weeks announced that they'll be selling their last Symbian device over the summer or building the last one, and then it'll be stocks going down. So, Is it, is it true that they're coming to you for supply of parts and, uh, and old models? I, I think that's a, just a slight exaggeration, but they sold 500,000 Symbian devices in the last quarter. That's going to go down again in the second quarter and probably tear off to pretty much nothing by the end of the year. So who, who in this world would be an, an ecosystem provider or a hardware supplier who didn't use Android or iPhone? Because obviously we've got... BlackBerry 10, we've got Windows Phone from Microsoft, although predominantly Microsoft and Nokia as that as a pairing. Mm. And then you've got a whole raft of Ubuntu, Firefox, um, Yola. Yola was the mm. one I was I was searching for, you know, born out of, of Nokia. Um, uh, is there a is there a place for ecosystems sort of behind those big two? Because uh, some there's some press over the last couple of weeks about comparing BlackBerry and, and Windows Phone, and in some respects, it's interesting to see them fighting for the third place. But the numbers are are, are tiny relative to the overall market and people's. And do you think I, related to that, by the way, is it game over? As in, do you think that's that's it done now for the next twenty years? Don't think twenty years. I think Rafe's six-year rule. See, I, I this this time around, this episode, Rafe, I've decided to reference it before you got in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rafe's six-year rule applies. So, no, not twenty years, but we are at the the middle to tail end of Rafe's six-year time cycle for iOS and and Android. And so, because that, that would imply at some point iOS and Android have to go away, and something it's, else has to become top. Well, it, it it does, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the things that are uh, the the things that are not uh, are in the market already will replace them because right. they the, can be re-architected right. and that can count as right. the end of a, a six-year cycle, which is something we may well see. I think to address, address your point, Ben, about is there a need for another ecosystem? There, it's very easy just to divide the market into two between iOS and Android, but I don't think it's going to remain like that. In fact, I think it's quite unusual that we got to that point anyway, and it, really it's more about Android becoming really, really big than iOS, because iOS has remained relatively static. I mean, actually, its market share is dropping now in the face of a growing smartphone market. It's 20%. It depends the numbers you look at. We mm. probably shouldn't get into too much detail. And it's Android at sort of 80% plus. And then 
you know, we've had RIM have a steep decline from their kind of glory days when they were around the 20% point and they're now heading yeah. down towards 5% and less. And, you know, Windows Phone was better in the past with Windows Mobile. It's starting to come back to those levels. Um, I think the figures are about 4% at the moment overall. But if you look at some markets, it's getting up to 6%. If you look at Italy, for example, it's 13 14% now. Um, and Microsoft loves to talk about markets where Windows Phone is beating iOS, and there's a handful of them, like Estonia. Um, there you go. It's a, it's a reference it's point just for one market. Hello yeah. to all the people listening in Estonia. But I think the point about that is that talking about the global smartphone picture as a unitary thing is wrong. There are great variations between markets. Um, the UK is actually one of the markets where there's actually quite a lot of competition and lots of players. You go to other places in Europe, Spain is a good example, where it's almost 95% Android now, very little iOS, for example. So but, that, that's one thing we have to say. But coming back to what I was saying, is there a place for three and four? And, and, and yes. That, and that's why I think that that's a more interesting conversation because obviously there is there's unending talk about the, the, the share, smartphone share and it obviously matters to some people because they have to make business decisions mm-hmm. you have to develop software or you have to yeah you need to know whether or not to support ex- exactly but, a, B or C, but, yeah. but it is a fairly well-worn path but I think what you then have to look at is the, the implications which is if, if those two continue to dominate can Nokia, can BlackBerry, can these other platforms succeed or will they shut Will they shut down? I'm more interested in whether there is an opportunity for something different to grow and not whether it will ever equal or steal the market share, no. but whether it can even just have a life. And, and that's a question mm. from the business side, I think, because there are always going to be people who are going to try and create new business and new ecosystems, you know, and we've seen plenty of examples of that Ubuntu, Firefox and Yola, I would all put in that category. Honestly, I'm quite sceptical about about all three of those Um, but it becomes a question of what is a sustainable level for an ecosystem and I think you have to say there's two different types of player in the mobile space it's the big ecosystem level and that's when they're trying to offer devices and a service offering that goes from end to end but there's also this idea of a boutique offering which you could almost think about it as the second coming of the feature phone and I tend to think that a company like Yola will be in that category Um, Ubuntu, perhaps as well, will find some success in the, that feature phone space where you know, they're not offering that full ecosystem experience. And so that's one way of answering it. And then you go, so what is sustainable as an ecosystem level? I suspect it's probably around 10%. I've just pulled that figure out there. There's no particular scientific basis. Out, to, out of the air, did you notice that's where he pulled it? I thought he pulled it from somewhere. Well, quite. But you have to think about it in terms of the rate 10% device rule. shipments. The rate 10% rule. Exactly. Economies of scale and that kind of thing. And you look at Nokia is probably the best example uh, because they're probably the ones that are closest to you know going through this process at the moment. They're not making money in devices and services at the moment, depending how you look at the figures underlying profit. Basically, they're not making money on smartphones. It's what it comes down to. However, if you increase their current volumes from about 6 million up to about 10 million, suddenly they will start to be getting close to breaking even. And then you sort of look at it in the context of overall phones being sold. That's where my 10% is coming from. I actually think they'll need to get a little bit higher. And then it's, you know, how sustainable is that long term? So so if, if the really small players have a chance to be boutique offerings sort of niche specialists yeah. small you know small volume players isn't really the 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 hard yards at the moment going to be done by by Windows Phone and BlackBerry because they want to be 
massive global ecosystems, ecosystems, and yet they are at the bottom of the food chain getting very small volumes of sales and, and both championing very well, relatively immature platforms. And there's a network effect here in ecosystems in that the more devices, more activity you have in it, the more self-sustaining it becomes. And so the hardest yeah. bit is not going from naught to 2 million devices. That's relatively easy. I mean, there's, uh, there's a rule from... Uh, an analyst Gartenberg, uh, Michael Gartenberg, who says you can basically sell 100,000 of any product. And I'd actually extend that to say you can sell 2 million of any smartphone. It's race 2 million rule. Yeah. Um, going from the 2 million a quarter up to 10, 15 million a quarter is a, a lot more difficult. Uh, and yes, uh, uh, it, it's a question that I think is being answered at the moment. Do I think Windows Phone, let's take that, for example, can do it? I think when you've got a company like Microsoft behind you, Yes, because they know how important it is to the future of their company. You know, mobile, we often talk about it being really interesting and exciting, but it is the future of technology. You can see it wherever you look. Microsoft will not want to give up on that, and so they will be prepared to invest vast amounts of money. How much money have they got to invest now? They've got cash piles of billions of dollars, and I'm sure they would be willing to spend that. Um, they've actually, the problem at the moment is, you know, how long can Nokia stick around, which is why there's been rumours around acquisition, be it Microsoft buying Nokia or someone else buying Nokia. Um, and I think they'll want to protect Nokia as much as they can because that gives them basically a big head start rather than trying to do devices themselves, which is what they did in the console market. Yeah. And I would say the interesting question about this is how many ecosystems can you get to? Is it three or four? I think two is probably unstable by its very nature. It depends the industry you look at, though, because aerospace, aeroplanes, Airbus and Boeing, and then you're seeing small players trying to get in into it, Bombardier in Brazil, or, and you can choose others as well. But you look at car industry, your favourite. Well, well I, I'm a little more familiar with the car industry than I am with with airlines, but I, with with airliners. But I, I wonder if. I wonder if airlines is a is a representative example because I, I don't think it is, and that's yeah. that's the point. Well, and, Mobile's a lot more dynamic, and there is well, actually let, let, let a, me pose a, you a subjective element to it. Let me let me pose you a challenger then, and, and you end up interested for, for your take on this one. Um, we've got to, we've got two big players at the moment, and then we've got this struggling Windows Phone and BlackBerry, and everyone assumes that they will succeed or fail in, in carving out a niche for themselves and therefore will win, uh, you know, will win the right to continue to be third place and, and whatever. But what about, if, what about if Android fragmented and Android became the second, third and fourth ecosystems and pushed the things that were the, the currently smaller than it out of the market? So what about um, an, um, an Amazon variant of Android and a Google variant of Android? I mean, that's a lazy example because that's been well talked about, but presumably that could also apply to other other ecosystems. I, I think that things get very, very difficult for other players once you start to think in that regard because it wouldn't, it wouldn't take much to actually say, well, we already kind of have that. We do. We do. I mean, you, look, you use the case of Amazon, but there's also... Um, what I refer to as non-Google Android devices, i.e. the ones that don't get activated by Google, that yeah. don't have Google services, yeah. particularly in China and Asia. There's an awful lot of those devices there. They still tend to be regarded as Android, and there's a commonality in the app ecosystem. But ecosystems, especially in the future, are going to be about a lot more than that. But I the, think those Chinese Android devices don't really have an ecosystem but if if a, if a I th- if a kindle well, if, an, if a kindle device came with a media ecosystem and an apps ecosystem that's inherited from the kindle devices then it's a it's so a direct, semi-compatible or compatible semi-compatable you know, with, but it's a direct replacement for 
Google and, and you've got a new UI and it actually doesn't matter that it's Android. It just, it's a, as for the consumer, it's another experience. Yeah. I mean, it's replacing the Google part of it. For Android app developers, there is a, a certain amount of commonality. But I think it's a more important point about Android. It's seen as this monolithic entity that's unstoppable. I don't actually think it is. So should you and I, because I mean, you're, you're the Windows Phone owner, I'm the BlackBerry 10 owner at the moment, and Ewan's got the, the iPhone, mm. so he's the represents the majority in the table. It's the price guy at the minute. Uh, should you and I be, as consumers, be bothering to invest money in apps, devo- uh, apps, accessories, uh, you know, buying into these ecosystems at this stage? Because... Uh, certainly, sometimes I look at my I look at the BlackBerry Ten and I think I really am kind of taking a risk every time I buy an app or every time I invest in a in device a accessory or a case. I mean, it, it, okay, it's not huge money, but you know, accumulatively forty quid for a case does you know. I, I think you're being a bit of a um, a high end user, prima donna basically. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Uh, because I think most people regard apps as pretty disposable. The idea that you get a, a new device. You'll in, reinstall your favorite apps, but the amount that you're paying for them, a couple of quid a time, I think people regard them more as disposable purchases. What about and all my cases, pictures are on it? You oh, know, yeah. I can't move. Now, data is a different question. Yeah. And uh, just, I think, just, let's come back to the apps, okay. though, the quickly, because I think you're, you're right, we should move on to, to pictures and things in a minute. But I, I, I appreciate that the individual purchase of apps are disposable. But if I so look at my iPhone, for example, if, if I gave that up and moved over completely... I would need to bulk purchase 30 or 40, maybe even 50 pounds worth of apps to, to switch platforms. And each individual purchase was a throwaway purchase. But to replicate the ones that I've decided to keep, it becomes non-trivial expenditure. And this is what I mean is that every, you know, when, I, when I buy and I learn my favorite Twitter app, for example, on here or I start to use a note-taking facility, whatever, I begin to become embedded and, and, and then... You know, I suppose then we move on to photos and data and, right. and embedded into I mean, it. I think you're an atypical user in having that level of investment. Uh, I certainly think in the next few years, that app investment will become more important. But at the same time, I'd also kind of acknowledge that you can't guarantee that those same apps are going to be available in a few years. We talked in a previous episode about the need for developers to update and things like that and whether they might start charging for those updates uh, and things like that. So... It's a tricky question. I actually think the bigger purchase for things like cases and accessories, cases you have to throw away when you get a new device. Most accessories now are pretty good about being compatible with all devices. You know, things like Bluetooth or NFC are better. Apple is actually the exception to that rule because of their lightning connector. And, and you've got speaker docs and AirPlay, all these kind and, of things. And it's, it's a very smart thing that Apple have done because it is a form of lock-in. Yeah. It's it just I, I look at the, I look at these devices we have in front of us, and I think that there's there's two things going on here, isn't there? There's the there's a there's a, an interesting, well, to me, interesting discussion about you know can 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 a company make design decisions and commercial decisions that makes an alternative to uh, a genuine alternative that that people will buy to Apple and Android, but then also there's a real world out there. People are going into shops and choosing what devices to buy, yeah. and. You know, if you if you look at, for example, I look at your your nine two five on on the table. That's a really nice looking device. It's got a nice screen. It's got a good camera. All this kind of thing. So there's a lot of things that are appealing. But also, if if I make the decision to invest my one smartphone's worth of budget, you know, to when I, most people only own can only the afford next two years. Yeah, can only afford to own one one high end device. You know, through subsidies and this kind of stuff. 
Um, if I'm going to do that, what am I giving up? You know, I can't, I can't get my banking app on there. I can't get um, all the latest things. I can't get my, my utility provider doesn't provide a service there. It doesn't sync to uh, my accessories. Uh, and this, yeah. is, this is a problem that the you know, third and fourth ecosystem have in terms of catching up and it's becoming more critical. I think with BlackBerry in particular, that's a problem and we were talking a little bit before the show about the weakness of the BlackBerry App Store. And it's certainly been something that every review of a Windows phone device you read, it mentions the ecosystem and the lack of apps. It's been getting better. Mm. A lot of things have been filled in. I mean, BBC iPlayer here in the UK, that was one that was filled in recently, a big deal, Hulu equivalent in the States. Um, I think Windows Phone is probably just going to get away with that. But new entrants coming in will have even more difficulty because this importance of apps is continually increasing. My, my view is that somebody somebody for Windows Phone has gone out there and actively sought out good quality developers and, and, and tried to get them into the store. And I mean, they have, it's, absolutely. It's, it's by no no accident that you They've scroll through the Windows Phone. a lot phone, of money yeah, doing it. And, and you see it's names you recognise. Really important to your experience. But, and it's, it's still below par, but it's better. But I mean, I just was going to relive that conversation we had. So I whipped out my BlackBerry. It's a Q10, by the way. It's a Q10. Yeah. Uh, scroll down the list. Take us into the app store, then. Yeah, so I'm in the apps, and 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 my my favourite test of this is top free apps. Okay, number one, WhatsApp. Okay, Same Same on that's, big, that's a big, big boom, by the way, brand. for BlackBerry, right? Okay. Um, then there's a couple of there's a couple of photo editing app, nice looking. Take one. What's so one okay. is WhatsApp. What's that next? Then one called. Pick story, which is a uh, photo, which is a camera filters kind of Instagram right, style right. thing. Then there's Photo Sweet. Studio, which is a photo editing one. Yeah. Now both of those two, they're not big brands, but they are quite mature software. Yeah. Then Windows Live Messenger, well that's dead. Yahoo Messenger, Google Talk, Photo Collage. Now wait a minute, I think, and I can't be sure, but I think. Those three are provided Black, by BlackBerry. They are. They're provided by BlackBerry. Right. And now we're... So de- you can move the own count. And now we're into apps to change the colour of your alert, your notification LED. Um, so apps, this is the top ten. So this is the top list in the global catalogue, as far as I know. We've got a pack of enhanced smileys for communications. Oh, there's Foursquare. So there's the next major brand, which would so be... number eight, then? I'd say that's yeah, probably... Yeah, no, we're, we're... So apart from those BlackBerry yeah. priority ones, we're now down into about 12, I think, is Foursquare. And we've got weather apps. Oh, there's a Adobe Reader and Twitter, again, which are injected by, yeah, they're, by they're BlackBerry. BlackBerry ones, yeah. But actually, they're preloaded, so I'm going to ignore yeah. those as well. Um, and then we're down to Bible apps. And um, I have to say, when we looked earlier, oh, took Flashlight and... Although it's improved a little bit, you know, um, if you scroll to the bottom, so probably in the top 20 or 30, uh, you know, sort of sexy ladies apps and these kinds of things. And I think that if, if on the front page of your listing of top global apps, there are, um, you know, kind of uh, Karma Sutra junk apps and this kind of thing, it, it tells you a story. Yeah. Have you got the, the top five on the iPhone there? I do. So I've got in the top charts, and, and it is quite interesting here, right? So the top paid ones, right? WhatsApp Messenger number one. Number two, where is my Mickey? Okay, so Which it's is a, a, a global Disney brand. Game. Fair Disney, enough, right? yeah. Colin McRae uh, Rally, number three. Yeah. Uh, Icebreaker, something to do with a Viking. Pimp Your Screen, number five. Minecraft, Sonic the Hedgehog. And, and what about I on mean, the free apps? 
Okay, I mean, but, those, those are all recognizable ones. Yeah, That's I, just a current. While, while yeah. Ewan gets up those three apps, I'll read off the ones from the, the Lumi 925, and this is the free app, so the same as yeah. Ben was right, doing. Okay, I'll do free. WhatsApp, same at the top, then Facebook, app highlights, here maps, transfer my data, that's coming from another device, Adobe Reader, Skype, Nocket Music, Swapchat, Kick Messenger, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, Twitter, Google, Weather, which is from the Weather Channel, SkyDrive, and then we've got eBay, and there's a few uh, ringtone ones in here, sort of slightly lower quality, right. Amazon Mobile, Google Maps, it's actually you know what's quite interesting time. is... And so there's a definite distinction yeah. there because you were getting a global version. This is getting localized because there's also an O2 priority app on here. It's interesting because if I scroll, while, while, while you guys were talking, I scrolled down a bit more and, amid, and, and sort of down in the middle, there are operator branded apps, but not in the market. So I'm in the UK and there's a, an app for my Vodacom, and I'm, I'm desperately trying to remember. South I Africa. think Vodacom is the South African yeah. operator, yeah. So, you know, I'm being offered an app which is only useful in South Africa in the top list of apps available to me here in the UK. So they're clearly not doing geographic targeting. But do you know what sounds quite interesting is there is an assumption that the app store should look as Blanford's just mentioned. I think brand name, brand name, brand name, brand in the top. Right at the minute, are you ready for the iPhone? Yeah. Top free, okay? Number one is Evian's Baby and Me app. Right? Then it's Despicable Me, Sprinkle, something about fire, some little game, Logo Quiz, Escape If You Can. Right? We're not at any of them we've heard yet, right? Snapchat. Okay, so that's yeah. number yeah. number six. Yeah. Uh, Secret Passages, Hidden Objects. Right. Okay, so I'm, I'm surprised. Then BBC Weather at number eight. Number nine, Battery Saver. Rubbish. I mean, know. this is a whole topic in itself. How can do you, you escape number a... 10? Right. We, we're, we're all the. But if I go down, I can then get Vine, iPlayer, Google Maps is number 16, uh, Instagram 21. It's, but that is probably showing you the yeah. a, a better view of a live. I, I think App that actually a, reflects the fact that on Apple, people go to that list and want to get some interesting new apps, and they've got the big names. And it's in this whole topic about how you organize an app store. Now, on BlackBerry, you were talking about top free apps. Are there other categories on there that you can look at? Well, there's, there's, there's top and paid for are the two. And I think, that, again, the, the thing for me was maybe not in the top list, because I have to say I'm surprised that Ewan doesn't have more kind of big name apps in the top list. But um, looking through the paid category... There are battery savers, LED customizers, um, third-party apps to access YouTube and, G and Google they services. They're like niche utility, they, really. They are, they are and, and the, the presentation is very low quality. So these are these look, I mean, I've not tried them, but they look like hobbyist ones because they, they don't have the, 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 the visual polish. And again, we're very quickly down into um, sort of junk apps and... Um, you know, kind of some of the adult content and those sorts of things. And I think what what stood out for me was I went through and I, I just looked for all of... I think I, I, I tweeted a while back and, and it rang true with several people, which is next time I change platforms, I'm not going to look at the number of apps that they have because those are mean, that's meaningless now. That's I'm, I'm going to pick the four or five apps I use every single day and see if they're there. Take Evernote. For example, it's reached such a sort of ubiquitous status as a, as a note-taking app, and I, I use it and love it, and I'm subscribed to it and pay for it and this kind of stuff. And one of the reasons I bought 
the BlackBerry 10 was that it has in Evernote integration. Mm. But it's appalling. It doesn't have half the features. And so it's it's almost worse than not having the app at all. It has half the app. It makes the experience and, worse. I would imagine that that can't be easily upgraded and that BlackBerry probably have to do the upgrade. Well, this is it. And, so, and this is um, BlackBerry's Twitter app is, is rotten. BlackBerry's Evernote app is rotten. And it, it's almost as if they've taken a different approach. Microsoft and Rafe, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but they look like they've gone out and they've commissioned the companies to to build apps. So they've they've they maybe they've funded it, but the apps are being put in there by the original firms. Whereas it looks to me like BlackBerry have built clients for a lot of these services and, and done no, a really it, terrible job because they don't know how people it's use a bit them. It's a shame they're not updating or, them, isn't it? And, and this is an important strategy point because uh, it's quality over quantity, and I don't think anyone can say it's wrong for BlackBerry or Nokia to go out and pay for these apps to be created because it's the only no. way it's going to happen. You know, it's yeah, a chicken and egg situation. As a consumer, that's great because it, uh, it's uh, doing something it that commercially doesn't make sense for the firms uh, themselves. Uh, and it's a chicken and egg situation. It's interesting. Uh, Microsoft, uh, I've spoken to their executives about this and say, you know, first we always try and persuade them to do it themselves and that might include a financial incentive. Understandably, the companies are very reluctant to talk about that. And only in some cases will we build the app ourselves. They actually did that in the case of uh, Facebook. That's a kind of a special case. But Nokia in particular have gone for a strategy of basically saying, here's some access to some APIs for here maps, and it's their mapping platform, also their imaging and augmented reality. Let's see if together we can build an app that offers a, a better experience than you get anywhere else. And there's a few coming out. Zinio, which is the kind of the on the, the digital newsstand, mm. have actually debuted their new design on Windows Phone because they had some help from Nokia, and it was both financial. It's often the co-marketing, but it's not really the cost of building the app that's the issue. It's the distribution and making people aware of it. And I think that's a pretty sensible strategy, pretty canny, mm. uh, which is one of the reasons I would be far more confident about Windows Phone over BlackBerry is kind of, I mean, I think Windows Phone is already winning the race to be number three, but it's also, it's a year further down the line. It's learned some of the lessons that BlackBerry are only now seeming to come across. What can BlackBerry do then? What should they be doing right now? I think they can only build on their strength, which is they're a big incumbent. That's not going to go away. You know, you said many times that there are, companies who want to buy another $150 BlackBerry device, they yep. need to get BlackBerry 10 on that enterprise. as quickly as yeah. possible. Yeah. They need to focus on enterprise. But longer term, it's a really difficult question for BlackBerry. You know, what do you do? Do they switch to Android and then try and offer the best possible business experience? Do they look at Windows Phone? Uh, it, it's difficult to see a future for BlackBerry that doesn't involve a software switch of some description just because it's going to be really difficult for them to get to that sustainable device volume level that I talked about earlier. And what, and what does BlackBerry or what should BlackBerry stand for? So I, I going back to our original right. question, had you asked me this before I'd spent a lot of time with the BlackBerry 10 device, I would have said, yes, there's space for at least four ecosystems. They all are different and they will play to different strengths and maybe they'll never be huge, but you know there's, there's room for them. Um, I still think in principle that could be the case, but having seen the execution now, uh, you know, whilst Windows Phone is far from good, if you put Windows Phone and BlackBerry 10 side by side and look at the experience and look about, look at, you know, this is a device, you've got to stop looking at it in terms of markets and think actually individual people or individual purchasing managers are going to look at these devices and choose to buy them because they enable you to, you know, do stuff. Mm. Um, 
the, the, the BlackBerry 10 platform doesn't do stuff, doesn't do enough stuff, it doesn't work well enough, and the experience isn't good enough, and it's not being fixed quickly enough as well. So I think BlackBerry are demonstrating that they they haven't they they weren't they weren't able to do enough quickly enough to develop and mature their platform they're not fixing it quickly enough so the clock is ticking and ultimately as rave says they will not survive as a hardware manufacturer i i just can't i can't see it because what rational person goes out and buys a platform that is you know has so many bugs and issues and and, and problems with it when the competition is so strong so what what they could do is uh, uh, press reset and say, right, we've got it out the door now. We now need to make ten point five and make it phenomenal. I think the so I t- w- here's a great would a ten point five device or eleven right, but would that that works to your expectation? I think the the problem is that, that they can do one of two things. They can take the devices they have now and really refine them, put all their effort refine into... Refine the software. Yeah, really really refine the software and and make these, you know, class-leading devices uh, as they've gone out. And this, this QWERTY device I have here could stand out because it's the only QWERTY device in the market. But if they do that, then they stop producing all the additional variants, the low-end pieces, the high-end pieces, the variety that they need to address all their other customers. And so the, it's a classic rock and a hard place. They can put out media... They can put out lots of mediocre or they can put out one or two exceptional and improving devices, and neither of those answers will make them enough money to survive long enough. And that, that's the problem BlackBerry now face. It's time. They took a long time to do BlackBerry yeah. 10, um, and you could compare their position to Windows Phone two years ago. They released the first version of Windows Phone, which was frankly incomplete. It wasn't a good experience. It's now got to the point where with Windows Phone 8, particularly some of the recent updates, it's actually getting to be a pretty compelling experience, particularly when you marry it with the Nokia hardware and design expertise, because I don't think anyone would deny uh, that Nokia's produced some fantastic hardware, and if anything, it's the software that's now holding them back. Uh, for BlackBerry, it's, it, it's similar. Great hardware, shame about the software, but they have less time and less money than less Nokia resources. did. And we've seen how hard it's been for Nokia. It's really hard to see BlackBerry doing that i think honestly they will become a a boutique player that i was talking about earlier they won't be one of these big ecosystems and i think they can probably have a sustainable company there the other option is to do what i think ewan was suggesting and go and be we forget about the hardware and be software and services and you know create this ultimate enterprise experience which i think still will be in demand because of the desire for security in this trusted brand I, I do like that as a strategy for BlackBerry, either software. I think there's still a hardware possibility in that a lot of these big enterprises, and be clear that they do spend a lot of money and there's a lot of them. Uh, you could be a boutique player there. You could be an enterprise or secure enterprise device messaging I, unit boutique player. Some time ago, I would have. Some time ago, I would have said I agreed, but then I saw or a lot of the customers who I thought will never move from BlackBerry, the kind of people that I often work with, yeah. military, police, government organisations, are now certifying iPhones and Android devices. Samsung's Knox platform has come out for Android. They're certified up to the standards that they need to be to secure the data. They're going out, they're buying those devices, they're making the change because they're they're looking to refresh their BlackBerry platform and not seeing a BlackBerry 10 as a as a 
as a successor. They're seeing it as a new purchase, effectively. Mm. Um, and I think the, so if there's a new purchase, they might as well look at everything. Ex- well, you might as well reevaluate the whole market. You know, the purchasing guy can't just buy a you know different product with the same sticker on it because mm. you know it's not the same. And so the number of companies that have requirements that tie them to BlackBerry to can carry on with BlackBerry will be so small and such a subset of the their overall enterprise market. No, but yeah, it, but won't, it won't be big enough to sustain the years here. Because at the minute, if you think about any company that's running Exchange uh, 2010, uh, which is current at the minute, right? For I mean, that in the current going to be current for the next couple yeah. of years. Exchange 2010, I think it's fair to say next three to five years still. A useful one around. for I mean, these there's... big, big, big companies, right? A hundred thousand employee companies, uh, and you know that you could, can actually sell quite a lot of devices and services to those type of companies. Not, not enough though. Not it, it, it comes back to this. Oh, not enough. No, to, it to comes be back to, clear, yes. to what's a sustainable volume, and yeah. I think BlackBerry's you know, problem will be that Android devices being certified, but also Windows Phone will offer that complete enterprise offering. Far more strongly, it, it's, there's been a switch to ActiveSync on BlackBerry anyway, away from yeah. um, mm, uh, Bears. That's anyway. complicated things quite dramatically. And uh, you know, I think the the thing is, Windows Phone has now got to the point where it feels like it has sustainable momentum. And Ben asked earlier, "Do you trust it? Will it still be around?" I think the answer for BlackBerry is uncertain. Mm. The answer for Nokia and Microsoft is basically yes. The question is, what will the trajectory for them be? What level will they be at? And uh, I think they've got a lot of growth left in them because they're coming from a low base. And Android is far, it doesn't have that long-term strength to remain one big edifice. It will start to break up. And what Apple does will be interesting, particularly if they do low-cost devices. I think um, iOS and Windows Phone are going to take share away from Android and they're going to eat up what's left of BlackBerry. I I, I I agree. I don't I don't see I don't see a future for BlackBerry in its current form unless they do something something, something specialised something seismic. Yeah. And, and the the problem is I think a boutique player is easy thing to say, but you can't maintain your hardware volumes. You can't maintain your staff and all, yeah. all that. So you know, boutique player means you're buying your hardware in from somewhere else. Boutique player means that you don't get to main you know this dev- the device in front of us gets measurably worse. Because it's being produced on smaller, smaller volumes, yeah. you know. So it, it's not a, it's not a sustaining thing, you know, to, to be boutique. And I and come you just back. Can't see it, t- you can't see it turning off after five years. Exactly. And I, I, and for me, I think the question is far more about could Windows Phone be the third ecosystem? I think yes, it will. But I, for me, I think it will sustain because I see Microsoft as a colossal cash cow that will pump money in out of any of its other businesses in order to sustain it because it must stay so in what, mobile. What would happen then if Microsoft acquired BlackBerry fully? I, I, I think I think the only reason Microsoft would acquire BlackBerry is to get the mobile device management piece of BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. It would be rolled into Exchange and we would all that, wake that up the next day. That would make it very easy for a lot of enterprises to go, right, okay, because there is a problem. Blanford's going, oh, Windows, Windows, Windows for enterprise. Not yet. Uh, not, not yet. Not right? yet. Yeah, I still they, feel, the, these guys, and I speak to a lot of these people, still feel very unhappy with a Windows phone managed solution at the minute. I think you're you're right, but people's people's need to do stuff is overriding their their cautiousness. The BlackBerry succeeded on a on a sense of nervousness and anxiety around mobile and data loss and control. And Bez deployed basically desktop grade security out to the mobile device, and it allowed you to to not make a risky decision. People 
people, the, the more adventurous enterprises went out and bought iPhones and just took the risk and the, the, the security features in, in exchange now are good enough for most businesses, you know, remote wire, yeah. remote locking, those sorts of things. You don't need separate MDM. And if you do, then you can buy it from a variety of players that including that you know supporting for windows phone and things so i think it's it, it's far from a done deal and and all of that conversation about enterprise ignores the fact that enterprise only really works if it's bolstered by a huge consumer market as well as a as a player and windows phone could get that from the xbox microsoft link up and blackberry can't you know they, yeah. they really haven't Take. Oh, go uh, buy, buy it. So, so the end game for BlackBerry, I mean, we talk about it tearing off probably acquisition for the brand name and for that so enterprise yeah. MDM component is the most likely. Microsoft is an obvious suitor, but you can also see one of the uh, Chinese ODMs picking up for brand reasons. The, the only reason I can, I can see that there's going to be a quiet conversation going, going on somewhere in Microsoft HQ as the American government, who are still large BlackBerry users reliant on the very high-end security features, yeah. uh, say, I really would prefer if a Chinese supplier didn't have access to my most high-grade encryption uh, that I use for military and security yeah. purposes. And, you know, I think that they... The, the, We're not going to look at your tax situation for another five well, years I, if yeah, you buy. I, you know, I, th- I think I think I think warm, warm words and purchasing commitments and things could 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 encourage a purchase there. But um, I don't. I think for for the for the real world, you know, it still leaves Windows Phone as a struggling third platform sooner or later. And and I, I come back to this piece about I can see the middle growing. I can see Android. You know, balloon, cuckooing out and ballooning out to, yeah. to to squeeze everything else out, but not in its Google Android form. I think it could be interesting to see if Google is actually paid to set up Amazon or some of the other ecosystems, uh, an entire business. Well, the interesting thing about that fragmentation of Android is the impact it then has on that and how healthy the ecosystems become, the impact on consumer and enterprise. And that becomes quite a a complicated story from... The Microsoft point of view, acquiring BlackBerry would also be a good way to kind of offset the balance of Nokia, which is becoming incredibly powerful in that ecosystem. And it's something that Microsoft is probably worried about. It started off with, you know, the perception was that Microsoft needed Nokia to build this third ecosystem. That's now kind of happened. And I think we're all kind of agreed it will be around. It's just a question of size. But for Microsoft, they also need to be careful that they don't have the same thing that's happening to Android, a monoculture of Nokia, a monoculture of Samsung. And so potentially BlackBerry could be acquired for that reason. It's, mm. It seems unlikely to me. But you know, this idea that ecosystems are stable and will stay the same, mm. that's not true at all. The most surprising thing that will be happening is if we get the same market shares in a few years' time or some small changes. There will be some big changes that are difficult to predict. That's what past history shows us and that's what will happen again and and for me for me personally purchasing decisions will now be about quality of experience and you know the what i've re- what i've realized is that that quality of experience hasn't been carried over um you know windows desktop to windows phone yet hasn't been carried over uh blackberry Se- blackberry 7 to blackberry 10 and so uh you know, unfortunately that leaves you going back to android which I don't personally prefer an iPhone which works or iOS which works quite well. Mm. But it's a sad situation. You know, it's a conservative position buying the, buying the big player with the established market. But actually, um, it it works. The you know the the dominance is real. The quality difference is is measurable. And 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 you know yes. consumers. What? 
consumers are, are uh, being tied in my phone. You just need to live a bit and buy, buy a Windows phone device and have a risky life. There we go. Have a risky life, advises Rafe Blanford, one of the most conservative men I've ever met in my life. Anyways, we should wrap this up. It's gone on a bit long. Um, if you are uh, a BlackBerry owner or Windows phone owner and feel differently, please let us know. Uh, how are you valuating purchases? Are you buying on the spec of the hardware or are you thinking about ecosystems now? Um, as, a, as a listener to a mobile podcast, you're probably a little more enlightened than the normal mobile user. <laughs> uh, so, you know, are, are you making those decisions now? Can you even uh, can you even measure or put into words what are what are the characteristics that you like or make you make you decide to buy now? So, uh, let us know. It'd be really interesting. Uh, leave a comment wherever you hear this. Follow us on Twitter at three six one podcast. We're on three six one podcast dot com, or you can follow us on SoundCloud where all our audio goes. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week. Good night, gentlemen. Bye-bye.